Welcome to episode 145 of Your Best Year Starts Here with me, Neil Martin, my good friend, Mr. Nigel Risner. And um, to be quite honest, I have no idea what this episode is going to be about. So the question is, Nigel, do you? No, I do, because something very interesting happened yesterday, and it caused a near divorce in our household. And if I told you what the subject was, and you guessed it, I'd give you a million dollars. Bear in mind, you know my wife, and you know how serious life can be. But we had a major catastrophe in our house, and we are nearly going to the divorce court over it. Any idea what you think it could be? I'm going to guess it's food related. No, this time it's not, but it, you're, it's on par. <laughs> um, I decided to change my BT wireless router. Okay. Not thinking of what the ramifications might be for the rest of the house, because as a bloke, and I'm being very sexist here, that as a man, I never gave it consideration to the rest of the house or if I was in the office to the rest of the staff or the rest of the team. And there was a reason for this, this theme because I'm doing, I'm going back into a lot of organizations now who some of them have never met because they are, they were remote workers. Some of them have actually been hired through lockdown. So they've never physically met. So you'll see where this is going, That I don't know if you've ever changed routers and you've then changed passwords and I don't know in your house if you have anything linked to the internet, because obviously you can't, because in my mind, nobody does. Obviously, it's only my computer. And obviously, it's just me that needs to get, know the password. Um, just to let you know, my password is YLK underscore K upperscore three. I mean, obviously, I knew that off by heart on a piece of paper that is this big, etc. Well. My wife now wants to watch one of her TV programs, something like Love Island, okay, which is on record because it's done on Skybox, whatever. Who knew that you needed to know the internet code? And if you don't have it, and I'm now not there because I'm doing an event. So I get on my phone, I promise you, uh, can you call me? And of course, I don't see it because I'm in the room during my last week's episode. And then I get another message, Nige, really do need to speak to you. And uh, I've obviously not looked at my phone in the break because I do. So if I do four short sessions, the first break will literally be five, six minutes. And I didn't have my phone on the table, so I didn't look at it. Then the next message, and you'll know because you've had a few relationships with people, uh, Nigel, it's urgent. So obviously I think one of the kids must be ill, whatever. And obviously, I don't respond that bit because I mean, I'm still speaking. Then I get FFS, which I thought was Francine Shooter because that was her maiden name. Apparently, that's not what it stood no, for. No, it definitely stands for something else. Yeah. And then it got, if you don't call me, I'll see you in court. Okay. <laughs> and of course, I'm still clueless about what this is all about. What's the Wi Fi code? Well, I don't know what the Wi Fi code is. Isn't it what it normally is? The internet's not working. The computer's not working. My iPad's not working. I've got clients and I can't watch Love Island. (laughs) 
Now, there's a serious side and a fun side to this. There was a little bit of me that wanted to say, we'll have to wait till I get home to watch Love Island, because I haven't seen it either. And I don't know if Jake and whatever name are still in a couple, if they want to still be coupled up with, whatever. And so at least I get a chance to watch it. But there's a bit of that communication that when things change, you need to communicate with people. And as a communication expert, as I thought I was, and as a world-renowned communication expert who's written a number of books, as a world-renowned person who's written assessment tools, and I think I know the other races so much better, and, you know, I'm married to a massive elephant, albeit a size 10, you would think I would know that people like my wife and elephants cannot cope with change and definitely uncertainty and not knowing. So this is really where I'm going with all this, is that if you want to do something that's out of the ordinary and you think that other people must know the system and you're a monkey like me and we don't think much further than what's for lunch because that's long-term planning for me, what's for dinner is a real big process, but my wife has a system. And there's obviously 18,000 appliances that obviously need the code. And she's a therapist who works from home who needs to be on Zoom a couple of times, even though nearly all of her clients are face-to-face. Communication is so important on stuff that you think doesn't matter. That's my point. So really what I'm asking you, Neil, because you've had a few relationships, when some of them don't work and they break down, it's probably because of communication and probably because something you should have said you haven't said, or you've assumed they understood what you said, or I'm sure I must have told you, which is a line most men have used in their lives. And and, I, and I'm being serious. I don't think when I didn't let her know this code that I really wanted a divorce. I mean, thankfully, I think we've resolved it. We have a TV man coming over because I obviously can't reset the Wi-Fi code, but apparently we've found a way of watching programs. So I'm going to interrupt you for a second. You know the quickest and easiest thing to do when you change your Wi-Fi router? Well, you're going to share with me now, which is nearly too late. I know, but but do you know what you do? You set it up using the same name and password as the old one, which means all the devices still connect to it. So basically you get the new one, you plug... yeah, yeah, but you get the new one. You go into like the control panel thing in it, and you You're change and you, and you change the password to be what the old password was. You change the name to be what the old name was, and then everything keeps working. Because guess what? You're right. Most houses these days have lots of things connected to the internet. You know, that's their TV because the TV is not really a TV anymore. It's a computer with a you know in the shape of a screen. You know, there's iPads, there's mobile phones, there are laptops, computers, there are games consoles, there are things like Amazon Alexas, there are even, in some houses, light bulbs and plug sockets all connected to the internet. There's Amazon buttons stuck on people's fridges. There's there's all kinds of things. There's all kinds of things. But I did not know. I know you don't know. I know you don't know. And that's that's why you don't edit these podcasts and things like that, right? Because you don't do the techie stuff. Um... But I I want to share is that in my mind, I thought I was doing the best. I found a way of saving some money. My BT guys told me, you don't need this extra internet line. You can do it on your house. And this will save you £600 a year. I thought, well, that's amazing. Yep. It's nearly cost me £6 million in divorce costs. (laughs) I could afford the 60 quid a month, I've realised. I mean, you would have thought... I mean, I get why she was pissed. I I mean, I understand. The problem is 
I think that now people are now working in the office. There are lots of things that are going to change, and it's going to be called flexible hours, working hours, hybrid working, whatever. But the real message is don't change things unless you have either a consensus, you've got communication, and people know the plan. Because you might know the plan, and then you're going to say to people, but I thought everyone knew we were coming in on Wednesday. I thought everyone knew the board meeting was starting at 11. I thought that everyone is a phrase that should be this, uh, never used again. So I actually um, I actually had a conversation with somebody a couple of days ago that uh, got a, an email with a complete change of plans less than 24 hours before the complete change of plans was supposed to kick in. And the the manager that had sent the email was really frustrated with all of the people in their team when they couldn't just fit in with this thing that had been sent as a complete change of plans. Um, but let's but, sorry, but, but now, but you know, the person who was thinking about the change of plans, he had been thinking about that for, for weeks. six months, probably. Yeah. And when he sent it, he thought, "Well, it must be fine because I'm, I'm yeah, fine I've, with it." I thought, I thought all this through. I've planned everything around it. We're all good now. Let, you know, let's go without really thinking about what's the implications on other people and their workload and what they've got planned already for the coming week and, and you know, what appointments they might have and, and all that kind of stuff, right? And, and you're dead right. Any kind, of, any kind of relationship, whether that's business, personal, you know, intimate, sibling, parent, child, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. One of the most critical things in it is communication. It is. It is. And unfortunately, it's very often the people we're closest to that we make the most assumptions about. Oh, they'll know I want to do this. Oh, they'll know I plan to do this. Yeah, oh, someone's known me 20 years. They must know what I'm thinking. But, they, but, really but they, they would understand. But they're not Mystic Meg. You know what I mean? They, 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 they don't know what's going on unless you tell them. And, and yeah, very often some sort of big disagreements and things can be avoided with some very, very simple communication. I mean, I've, I've had an experience in business where, you know, someone I was doing some work with had some, um, how, do I, how do I put this in an appropriate way? They've made some huge assumptions about what they thought I wanted to do next with some stuff in business which was the complete opposite of what I was thinking of doing, but they didn't actually ask me. And because I hadn't communicated to them what I was planning on doing, because I, I had assumptions, they had assumptions, my assumptions grew, their assumptions grew, and by the time we tried to actually talk about this thing, it was an impossible thing to talk about. And I think the same thing happens with, you know, divorces and stuff like that. You know, people build a story in their head. I mean, you mentioned Love Island, okay? This is where I have to admit I've been watching it, this this series. And this you, is don't f- watch, you don't watch the Olympics, but you watch Love <laughs> yeah, Island. Yeah, yeah. And this is, the, this is the first time I've ever watched Love Island. I've never watched the oh, previous... Seriously, I've never watched the previous se- series. And I was having a conversation with someone. They're like, oh, you, you have to watch it. You have to watch it. And I'm like, okay, I'll watch like one or two episodes. And it, it pulls you in, doesn't it? It, it becomes like, a, I want to know what happens next right but you know my wife will be absolutely aghast that, that we're talking about this okay but but right yeah my, my girlfriend will probably be the same but anyway so yeah and my kids will be horrified but that's a different <laughs> different conversation but you know at this point in time that we're recording this and it will be very different by the time you're listening to it because the show will probably be even over by the time you're listening to this but at this point in time the you know the boys have been sent off to another house and there's a whole new group of girls come in and, and there's and the girls are in another house and there's a whole new group of boys have been brought in and the producers have been really cheeky and they've taken a few stills from some of their from some of their video and they've created a postcard that they've sent 
to the girls showing the boys like cuddled up or kissing or whatever with some of the new girls right and they've done it in such a way that it 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 poses questions in the mind of what's really going on here you know is this boy that said he's really into me actually not into me at all like it's opened all those questions and not answered any of them not definitively but guess what You take a group of people who are making assumptions and opening up questions and doubt and you let them all talk to each other about their questions and doubt. What do you think happens? It grows. The questions get bigger. The doubt gets bigger. And they go, oh, if that's how they're going to behave, do you know what? I'm going to misbehave too. And, And that's exactly what's going on in that show. And how many times does that show up in other parts of life? You know, you've got someone who's who's leading a team, managing a team, running a team, however you want to describe that. They fail to communicate something. The members of the team talk to each other and they go, he doesn't care, does he? Or she doesn't care, does she? Or, oh, she's only interested in this. She's only interested in that. He's only interested in this. Oh, you know, they don't care that we're having to work the weekend. I bet they're off, you know, on, on a yacht somewhere in the Mediterranean. Or Like they build all these assumptions up rather than just having a conversation that would clarify everything. As Brené Brown would say, what are the stories that you're telling yourself? Yeah, well, it's back. It's almost back to the legends thing we talked about before as well, because it's not just the stories you're telling yourself; it's the stories you're inheriting from other people, isn't it? You know, you have a conversation with someone else, and they go, "Oh, well, I bet he's doing this, or I bet she's doing that, or well, you know, you, you know why they're not telling you what's going on, right? It's because there's this other agenda." And nine times out of ten, those stories are so untrue. They're so untrue, but you know, are you are you are you desperate to find out tonight what happens? <sighs> I, I, I'm not desperate to find out, but I will find. But I will find out. I will find out. Um, but you know, the other thing for me, actually, there's a, a friend of mine called Sam Asser that's based in Australia, and um, I interviewed her when I did my one conversation away summit, and she was one of the guests on that. And um, she talks about kind of fear, okay? And she says that fear, because I think it's relevant to what we're talking about here. She says, you know, fear is a bit like drawing a picture of a really scary monster and sticking it on your wall. And every time you walk into the room, you scare yourself. She's like, all you need to do is take the picture down. But you think about it. How many times in our lives do we have some gaps in a story where we fill those gaps in with a scary monster? And then we spend hours coloring that monster in. You know, like talking to people to reinforce this slight doubt or reinforce this this little belief we've got of how or why something might be going wrong or could go wrong. And we don't look for, you know, if I made the wrong assumption here, we don't look for clarity of how can I actually verify that I've got this wrong. What we do is look for the confirmation bias of how can I prove that I'm right? Because I've got this doubt now about this thing in my business, my relationship, my, you know, my, the thing my kids are up to, they're not telling me about, like, whatever it is, I've got this doubt and I'm going to look for everything I can to, to feel it more rather than go, actually, I could probably disprove that really, really simply. What do I need to do? Maybe I just need to call someone or phone someone or text someone or, you know, whatever it is I need to do. Maybe I just need to do something really, really simple. And I think the other the other point to make on this, and I'm conscious that we've been going for about 15 minutes and so we probably need to wrap this episode up. But the other thing with this is the thought processes that we allow ourselves to have say more about us than they do the other people involved. Well, so, so, do- for, so for just, just as a quick for example on that. So, you know, if you're waiting to hear from someone and you don't and you go, oh, they've obviously decided not to call me. 
is that the true story or is it oh they've obviously got caught up in a meeting or is it oh they've possibly had an accident and you know maybe they're in hospital like our brains start to come up with different stories and very often the longer we're waiting for the thing that we think is supposed to happen the more elaborate the stories become and then by the time we get to the point where you know take the example of waiting for someone to show up by the time they actually show up we've already lived all those stories and so we're either like oh thank god you're all right and they're like what do you mean thank god i'm all right i'm 10 minutes late (laughs) you know or we're like where the hell have you been they're like what do you mean where the hell have i been i'm you know i'm 40 minutes late but i you know i I, I thought i said this morning that i might be late i'm sure i told you that you know well no you didn't you know it's those kinds of things right and it's it's the it's the experience and story we've had in our own head that changes what happens outside of our own head and what we you know and, and again i think i'm talking from experience and i'm sure everybody listening to this can think of something in their life where they relate we've all i think we've all had those moments where we've played out a scenario that's not the real scenario but we're treating life as if that thing happened and what well, we have to do is step back enough and go what's the fantasy catastrophe versus what's the reality and on that note, so we used to do a closed eye visualization exercise where we would ask people to close their eyes and visualize themselves going in a lift to the 98th floor. And when the doors open, we'd ask them to walk out to the center of this office block on the ceiling, on the rooftop, where they noticed there were no railings. We would ask them to walk to the edge slowly of the building and put their toes over the edge and look down. And you would watch people on their chairs, gripping the side of their chairs as they were looking down. And then we would ask them to either walk or crawl back to the centre, go back in the lift and open your eyes and explain what was going on. And there were some people who were visibly shaking, sweating. And I would say, but you do know at all times you were seated in this room, in a warm environment with colleagues next to you, but you pictured an event you weren't comfortable with but it was so real in your mind because you were narrating the story and I asked you to visualise your worst nightmare, that what would have happened if you'd have visualised having a jetpack on your back and with one press of a button you could fly down to the ground and you watch the relief in people's faces. So we can build a negative story that is so powerful in our heads that it can literally paralyse us, but to build a positive visualisation story takes a lot of practice. So if everyone is listening, be aware that the word fear either stands for a fantasized experience appearing real or another rude one, which I won't go into. But most fears are a fantasized experience appearing real. 99% of your fears never actually come off. And if they do come off, you could probably handle it because going a little bit deep here, God doesn't give you anything you can't handle. And so far you've handled everything up to now because you're alive even though you may not have all the success you think you deserve. So I will see you next week, Neil, with some new ideas, how to conquer some of your fears and doubts. Have a phenomenal week, and I'll see you next week. See you next week. And I'll just finish by saying, you know, that everything happens for a reason. And another acronym for fear is for everything a reason. And I'll leave it there. Your message here, it starts right here.